Hello and welcome to the BrotherlyGame.com Roundtable. I'm Matt Ralph, editor of BrotherlyGame.com, and I'm joined by three special guests. This week, it's MLS Cup week, and the Union are not in MLS Cup, so we're not going to be talking too much about the Union, but I am joined by some colleagues at a couple of uh, SB Nation sites that will be covering the MLS Cup final very closely on Saturday. Uh, we're going to go around and introduce ourselves. We also have you know, a, a friend here. Uh, from Brotherly Game, so we're going to start. Uh, Mark, we'll start with you, the the defending champions. Uh, why, why don't you Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Mark Kastner. Uh, uh, I guess the assistant editor at Sounder at Heart with Jeremiah O'Shan. Uh, it's just another game for us Sounders fans, I guess. Four in the last five years. Uh, <laughs> I I take it from from our conversation off air that that being a Sounders fan is going to be kind of unpopular here. So I guess I got to gloat a little bit. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks for being here, Mark. It's good to have yeah, you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm Patrick Murphy. Uh, I am, I guess, also the assistant editor at Massive Report. And uh, obviously the crew are not as familiar with, uh, with the MLS Cup final. Been there. This will be the third time. Second time at Moffray Stadium. The last time did not go so well from a crew perspective. Though ironically, the the man who led the Portland Timbers at the time is Caleb Porter, now the head coach of the crew. So, uh, yeah, that's an interesting dynamic that uh, that I'm going to write about this week. Um, also, Darlington Nagby, who was very involved in the second goal, uh, is now on the crew. Um, so, kind of some some interesting dynamics there. But uh, yeah, uh, cool cool moment for the crew to to host a second MLS Cup. Obviously, there's storylines with the last final that can be held at Moffray Stadium and things like that. So. Um, a lot of interesting things going on in Columbus from from a crew perspective right now. I'm Amit Malik. I'm a contributor at the Brotherly Game. Um, union fan, uh, covering them a little bit this year, and also chipping as much as I can with the United States men's national team. Been following them. You know, everyone follows them, but been following them pretty closely for the past few cycles. And you know, some big names uh, on both sides in this one. Um, and the MLS has had a really good year for the national team. And just interested to see, you know, how it shakes out and uh, two really good franchises right now uh, in the MLS and obviously a lot of legacy at stake for Seattle. And, you know, I think it would be really impressive for Caleb Porter and his legacy and then a lot of marquee players on that team as well. So really, really looking forward to, you know, I just think we got two really good teams in this final. Yeah. And obviously the union, you know, kind of crashed out of the playoffs early uh, this season you know, there, 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 from the get-go, you know, after the, the big shutdown, you know, there were, there were a lot of questions about, you know, would we get to this point? Would we finish? MLS is back. You know, you had teams like FC Dallas, Nashville being sent home. You know, uh, and in terms of just, like, how are you feeling, like, that we're at this point now where, um, barring some, you know, some, some unforeseen thing at this point, that we're going to get to play an MLS Cup and that we've been able to kind of get through a season of MLS – in spite of all the, the adversity that, that has, has happened to, to everybody. Yeah, you know, I'm not a huge fan of league propaganda, but, you know, Don Garber said it well. The MLS is the only league that did a bubble tournament, came back, played in home markets for regular season, and was able to do that throughout the postseason, and will, will be able to do that with the final being played in Columbus. So I, I think you have to give your hat – you have to, you know, tip your hat to the MLS for being able to pull it off. Uh, we know how hard it is and how much you can't take anything for granted in the COVID era. So we've had a really successful playoffs. You know, there's been bumps along the way this season. The playoffs have gone pretty smoothly. And, 
the fact that, you know, we, we've had entertaining playoffs and we're getting two great teams, you know, like I said, I think you have to give credit where it's due. And both of these teams of well have managed it about as well as you could have this year. So thankful as an MLS fan and, you know, you look around the professional sports landscape, it could be a lot worse. So they've done a pretty good job. And I, I think you just have to be happy. We're at this point and excited to kind of close out this season and get it done with, you know, who knows what, what's going to happen before the start of next year. Pat, you know, covering this team, what's it been like for you, you know, kind of coming out of the shutdown, going, you know, the MLS is back tournament and then sort of seeing, you know, initially how, you know, really how, how dominant their defense was. I mean, not conceding goals, you know, beating the union twice. Uh, certainly those two games were, were big games for them this season, uh, you know, preparation for the playoffs. Uh, what's it, what's it been like for you to kind of cover this team this year and, and everything they've been through? It's been weird. And I think uh, anyone who's probably covered sports this year could, could say that, but, you know, just the, you know, the way that things have gone, everything on zoom, you know, not being around the team as much as I normally would have been um, has made it difficult for sure. Um, but it's also been fun to, you know, see this team uh, start off real well, um, you know, did well at the MLS's back tournament in the group stage, at least got the, the nine points that the crew talked about wanting to get. That was the main focus of going down there. Caleb Porter was very adamant that, um, you know, it, it was about getting, setting themselves up for when league play returned. And then anything after that was, was extra. Um, and they did that. And then coming back, as you mentioned, some strong performances, I think the union was, was really the only team they played uh, until they played Orlando at the very end of the year. That was, you know, a, a real contender, I guess, just, you know, the way the schedule were, I mean, they played FC Cincinnati four times. Let's just be honest about that. So, um, you know, it, it was interesting and also trying to, trying to determine like how good is this team actually, um, you know, the games against the union were obviously very close. So, you know, was it just the fact that the crew was playing at home? Was, you know, the team actually as good as this was the defense as good as people thought. And then they obviously had a slump towards the end of the season and, and then rebounded right before the playoffs started. So, it's been uh, an interesting ride for sure. Um, and then, you know, obviously the playoffs have been, have been exciting. Um, you know, the defense has kind of turned itself back on after some, some bumpy performances. And, you know, that's kind of what they've ridden to, to get to this point. Mark, what's, what's this year been like? I mean, this is not, like you said, this is a kind of become a familiar thing uh, watching uh, Seattle get to the MLS cup final. Uh, what's it been like this season with, with everything that's happened? And, you know, what, what is it about this team that they were able to, you know, make it, make it this far despite really being, uh, you know, being you know, basically, you know, minutes away from getting knocked out of the competition in the semifinal? Yeah, so I think there was, there was expectation set before, uh, before the pandemic um, this year because that's when the season – technically started all the way back for the Sounders it was all the way back in February with the Champions League uh, they wanted to win the Champions League all the signings that they made in the offseason with Jao uh, Paulo and uh, Imar Gomez Andrade was was aimed to bolster the team to win the Champions League and they didn't do that they got knocked out uh, in the quarterfinal um, at home uh, and it was it was seen as a big failure. Nick, uh, Nicholas Ladero was hurt for that. Um, he also didn't play in the first two regular season games to begin the season. 
And so um, on March 7th, when they drew with the crew, which happened to be the last MLS game before um, things got kind of shut down, there was kind of this, it's kind of this feeling that like maybe 2020 is a missed opportunity for a lot of reasons. Um, obviously pandemic happens, you know, we don't play soccer for three months, four months in this country and we don't really know what to expect from the Sounders and you get to the MLS back as turn. And I, I think a lot of Sounders fans were, just kind of disinterested with the whole idea of kind of this tournament in Florida that, you know, really detached from the team. There's obviously concerns about, um, you know, players testing positive for COVID um, even more so because FC Dallas was originally in uh, the Sounders group. And then MLS had to do some kind of um, uh, creative reseeding with the Chicago fire. (laughs) So um, and, and then, of course, that tournament just uh, did not go very well for the Sounders. They lost, uh, they drew one game, they lost the second game, and then they beat a Vancouver team that had like a 16-year-old or 17-year-old in net. So, um, and then they crashed out in the, um, the knockout round with LAFC. So, uh, following that tournament, I think, I, I, like, I was certainly pretty kind of uh, – just kind of riding off the year basically and you know not expecting you know a little bit disappointed but also just not expecting a lot from this team and it wasn't until um it wasn't until they they came back and started playing games in home markets that uh i think myself and and kind of the rest of the fan base were uh reminded that this team is actually very good and they won MLS Cup last year uh i think they're a better team this year uh certainly um in terms of like top to bottom on the roster maybe not necessarily results but um yeah and they as pat said uh columbus had to play uh cincinnati four times we had to play the sounders had to play the la galaxy which were a mess they had to play the portland timbers a lot they had to play lafc they had to play san jose they had to play some really good teams in the regular season to get into the position that they got into. And um, there were some disappointing results along the way. Uh, Losing to Portland at home is never fun, even if nobody's there. (laughs) Uh, You know, losing to the Colorado Rapids wasn't great, but um, you know, Brian Smetzer and Garth Lagerway keep saying that this is a championship team built to win championships. And here they are. Uh, Maybe, you know, that game on Monday night wasn't necessarily how they drew things up. But, um, you know, Brian Smitzer said after this game that this is a locker room full of winners. And they really, really want to provide something to the fans um, to to kind of have something this year that uh, is good amidst all of the awful things that have happened um, because of COVID. So, um I think that that's kind of the motivation for this team. And uh, I, w- I will be the first to admit that at the be- towards, you know, in September and August, like I wasn't necessarily, I wasn't necessarily very excited about the Sounders um, because of everything else going on. But now I think that this playoff run and even kind of how they, how they finished the season 
um, they really wanted to provide something for the fans to be excited about and to be joyful about. I think that um, winning MLS Cup two seasons in a row um, with everything that's gone on this year would would certainly um, would certainly be be that thing to get excited about. I, one of the things I was thinking before coming on with you guys is like. I have, I have, no one's really watched the league that much this year because if you follow a team, there, there's been so many games, it's been hard. So the playoffs have actually been fun to see other teams. Like, I was looking at rosters while watching games because I have, I, you know, so many teams I haven't seen even play once because the union, like, you know, every team, no one played West Coast teams after the shutdown and after MLS back. So, you know, you, you just, you, you kind of were, were, uh, you know, not really in a state of watching the league. And now I feel like it's, the semifinals certainly and now the final that you know we you know the neutrals uh, among us can can you know can kind of watch and see oh this is this is a this is a final uh these are two you know really quality teams that have made it Amit, i'm curious you know kind of watching you know similar to me kind of more neutral i guess and and that uh we don't cover these teams uh specifically you know what 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 have you seen um from what you have seen or what do you understand about these teams that that maybe the union can learn uh, learn a little bit from from the runs that they've made. A great question. I think, you know, what strikes me about both of these teams, just having watched them, and you know, you look at their roster construction, and in terms of their coaching staffs, you know, it's a cliche word, but they're both just very professional and they execute um, very well their game plans. And that's not to say that the union don't do that. They won the supporter shield. Um, they were very good at controlling games. Um, they led often in a lot of games of the season and that was kind of what hurt them against the revolution is that they, they didn't, and they were not used to that game state of trailing. You know, one of the last times they did that was at Columbus and they weren't able to come back and get a result in that game. Um, and obviously, you know, roster construction, Jim Curtin says it all the time. Uh, They don't have a lot of margin for error. They're not a team of stars. They are kind of the sum is greater than the parts and, you know, I think both of these teams are not star dependent, but they have match winners in their sides that can go and get you a result. And, and going on what I've seen from them, to build on that, what I've seen from them this year, especially in the playoffs, is that both teams just know how to control a game very well. And they have some of the best, you know, midfield controllers uh, in the game. Nico Ladero for Seattle and then obviously Darlington Nagby, both are just really good at running the show in the midfield. Um, and then, you know, they, they're both well coached and you saw with Seattle is that when they were down to zero, I don't think, uh, they, they panicked at all. You know, it's lucky. You can say you put on Will Bruin, you know, he got a goal. It works. It's lucky that that happened, but all the changes came and paid off. Svensson comes off and he scores on a set piece And, and, you know, the going down to zero was off of two really, really good deliveries from Reynoso. I think Seattle has neutralized every um, kind of attacking front that they've played in the playoffs. And that's, you know, Dallas isn't exactly great. Minnesota, you know, Molino's played well, but they're not, you know, a really scary side. LAFC is great, but Carlos Vela hasn't been great all year. And then Seattle has really just kept them in check. Columbus, you know, Patrick talked about it, how great their defense has been. They do the same thing. And I think what you'll see in this game is that both of these teams are going to be so cagey because they care about when they lose the ball, you know, possession, even though it's your way to work forward, they don't want to give it up in a dangerous spot and let the other team attack and transition. And with the union, you know, they did that so well. 
And it's tough to play a team like New, uh, New England six times and how good of a coach Bruce Arena is. But that's what they, they fell short in. And going back to, to what the original purpose of this question was, is that they were just sloppy in possession. They gave it up in dangerous spots. And uh, Carlos Hill and Gustavo Bo really just made them pay. And these two teams that, you know, we're going to see this weekend won't do that. Uh, and if they do, the attacking talent is good enough to make them pay. And what I'm most interested in is to see if uh, Gyasi Zardes can make the Seattle backline pay because their center backs are not that good. The team organization is excellent and they're protected by really good central defensive midfielders. And, and I think it's not going to be an open game in that sense. And both managers are going to be really careful and uh, I think that's why they got here. And so it's it's going to be a little tense. And it's not that the union couldn't do that. They just kind of got blindsided. And that's what happens in the playoffs. And you just, you know, any moment can change it. And so I think that's what also both of these teams will do well. If the game, when the game state is altered, both managers will not hesitate to be flexible and to really do whatever they need to, to chase the game. So I think we're in for some really high level, you know, adjustments um, uh, on, on the final. When I look at these two rosters, I see a lot of experience, uh, postseason experience, just players who have kind of been, you know, the, the, you know, the regular season's one thing. You know, there's regular seasons all over the world, wherever these players are coming from. They've played, but the playoffs in MLS just take on a whole new dimension. And I think you, you saw that from, from Seattle, Mark, uh, the other night in terms of, the, you know, they, they, they've been there before. And you could tell, like, like Emmett said, like, they looked like they, they weren't panicked. They weren't, they, they, they knew what they needed to do to, 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 to tie the game. And then, you know, and you know, who knew they were going to also win it uh, in regulation, but they knew what, what they needed to do to get that goal. And they knew it was going to come because they were, they had the possession and it was really, you know, Minnesota just was trying not to break, right. They were bending, but they, you know, trying not to break and the set pieces killed them in. But, you know, Mark, when you look at this team and you look at the experience, you mentioned earlier that the team is actually, deeper and uh, better than the team that won MLS cup last year. But when you think about the travel, the time, I mean, what are, what are the things that uh, Seattle needs to be careful going into, into this game in Columbus on Saturday? I think that they, they need to be careful to not like um, they need to, they need to focus basically. They, they definitely have the advantage of, um, of being an experienced team. I, th I think it's five players on this roster were on the roster that won the 2016 MLS cup. Um, most importantly, Nicholas Sodero, who is kind of the Seattle's most important player. Um, and, and obviously a, a ton of players uh, from, from last year's championship team. But uh, with, with a game like with, with a win, like they had over Minnesota, it's uh you know, we were talking off air before, before we recorded, like you just kind of wish that that was the last game because it was so, it was so emotional. Um, you know, it's, it's certainly the most important comeback in Sounders history um, given the stakes that were, uh, that were at play there. So um, I think if this team focuses on what's got them to where they are, um, and, and maybe not necessarily focus so much on that Minnesota match because uh, I think they actually played really well. You know, if the, if the scoreline is three, two and the goals come, you know, not all after the 80th minute, like they did, I, I think neutrals and yourself are probably saying, yeah, okay, maybe that's, maybe that's a fair, um, a fair, uh, a fair score for that game. 
uh, especially with, with how Minnesota scored. So, um, you know, Columbus is, is an identical, at least from what I've seen um, from them, is they're, they're a really similar team to, uh, to Seattle, like Amit was saying. They like to control possession. They have, they have dangerous wingers. They have a dangerous number nine. They have a solid defense and a good goalkeeper. That's exactly what Seattle has. Uh, <laughs> so um, the teams that have frustrated Seattle this year, um, mostly the Portland Timbers, uh, have been have been teams that have, have focused on the counterattack. So I'm really interested to see how that goes. Um, I th- what, one more point to the to the focus uh, aspect of this game. Uh, I think you saw, especially kind of after the second goal that Minnesota scored and before Will Bruin came on. Uh, Seattle just kind of, you saw that frustration setting in and that that's happened a few times this year where they kind of uh, abandon their game plan a little bit and, you know, get frustrated and start forcing the ball and, you know, give up, a, give up a half second sooner on, on the run instead of, you know, you know, kind of putting your full effort out there. So I think that, um, I think that they need to focus on, focus on their game plan and, and, and if things go wrong, uh, not get too, um, not to stray too far away from, from a winning game plan, which has gotten them to the final and has won them previous championships. Pat, you know, this is, this is such a big thing for Columbus, right? I mean, obviously you're not going to be able to have a full stadium in terms of, you know, when you look at this, you know, the way this has kind of come down to this, uh, the history of this team being a MLS original, uh, you know, the, the, the whole saga that you guys have been through there in Columbus with, uh, with the attempts of an owner to, to move the team and, and rip that history out of the heart of, out of, how, out of the heart of the city. Uh, what's, what's this mean? And what, what's it been like to kind of see the, the sort of the, as low as a team can go without actually being taken away to now getting to host MLS Cup final? Well, first, um, I think there will be a few games at least next year early on at, at Mafre because it's going to become their practice facility. So it's not going anywhere really. It'll change. But so um, that's something that's been thrown around a lot by fans here is this is the last game and it probably won't be because they're not opening the new stadium to July and they don't want to do the whole play the first few months on the road type of thing. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, I mean, the, the, the last few years have been crazy. Uh, in just, you know, you, you're under Greg Berhalter. The team is doing well, made a final in 15, obviously. Um, didn't have a good 16, didn't make the playoffs, but three out of the four years was, were, were in the playoffs and things were going the right way. Um, and then, obviously, in, in 2017, late in the year, the news comes out about potentially moving the team. And, and there'd been a little, you know, under-the-surface talk about that. You know, there were rumors at one point that, they may move to Vegas. And I don't know if that really was anything, um, but like people that were really close to the team. And, and I don't just mean like people that cover it, but like there were some fans that had had heard speculation that pre-court wasn't exactly happy with everything in Columbus. Um, and he did know nothing to, to make it a better situation. I just want to say that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, to, to then go from that to the, the whole save the crew movement, which was a, you know, a unique, grassroots thing and I think even if it hadn't succeeded is still a pretty cool story that fans were able to you know create this thing that that bonded a soccer world um you know there were contributions from 
people in, in Europe, you know, they were Save the Crew banners and flags and stuff at, at European soccer games. And, and that was just crazy to see uh, people reaching out to, the, to them and um, all that. But then the spin it forward and, and Caleb Porter comes in. And obviously there's the whole storyline there with 2015. And last year was very poor as they tried to transition. Um, but as the season went on, you could see signs of progress as new players came in. And so there was certainly optimism about this year coming into the season, but it wasn't, well, from the fans' perspective, I think it wasn't that this team is going to go and win MLS Cup. It was this team will be better, should contend for a playoff spot. If you ask the team, I think they thought they had the talent to contend, and, and they certainly say that now. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it's, been, it's been crazy. And one of our guys wrote about this week, you know, the whole, um, that whole time frame. Um, and Josh Williams, uh, who's an Ohio guy and has been with this team now twice, and was a big supporter of, of the Save the Crew movement, talked after uh, the Eastern Conference final about how, I think the quote he said was, um, you know, Save the Crew was everything. And, you know, basically that being able to reward the fans that fought so hard for the team with, uh, you know, a game in their stadium, even if they can't all be there, is, uh, is kind of like a dream come true uh, for a guy who's, who's born from Ohio and really didn't want to see this team leave. So, um, you know, I, I think regardless of what happens on, on Saturday, it's, it's, you know, a pretty cool story. And, uh, you know, I, I think people here are, are pretty excited with, with everything that's happening, you know, a new stadium next year and, and the new ownership and what they're building and, and whatnot. So um, it is unfortunate that, that this can't be a packed house, um, that there can't be, you know, Sounders fans there too, because in 2015, that was a really cool thing with, with the Portland fans taking over one whole basically end zone. Um, and I think that would be a really cool send off for Mafre to, to host that uh, final like that. But it is what it is. This is the 2020 we live in. So they'll take what they can get and, you know, try and cap it off in the best way possible. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I, I feel like I'm going to be rooting for Columbus, but I think Seattle is going to win. I, I think like, like Mark said, you know, they're, I don't know. I just feel like they're back. They're almost, you know, they should be a disadvantage because they're traveling, but it almost feels like it's going to be an advantage for them just because of the type of team that they are. Amit, do you have a score prediction for, for Saturday? Yeah, uh, I think I'll go with 1-0 Seattle and extra time. I think it's going to be very tight. Um, like, we've, we, like we've talked about, both of these teams, you know, there, there's a lot of focus. There's a lot of intensity. They're well-organized, well-coached. Um, you know, it's hard to argue against Seattle's experience. Um, it's hard to argue that they've been there. Um, but that being said, you know, I, I picked one zero in extra time. I think it, it's going to be really tight. I think it can go either way. I wouldn't be surprised if it, if it went to penalties. Uh, I am expecting a low scoring match either way. And yeah, like I said, I'm just going to go with Seattle's experience. And, and I think they might be a little more dangerous with the ball, but Columbus's defense has been excellent. So uh, really interesting to see how it unfolds. Personally would love an early goal to, to make one of these teams open it up and chase this game. So I'll go with that. But, you know, I, I don't feel if you had to, if I had to attach a confidence onto it, you know, I'd say 60, 55%. I really think it's going to be close. Yeah, I, I want to one uh, Columbus, but I think I think one nothing might might be where we end up. Mark, uh, do you have a score prediction for us? Man, you're putting me on the spot. Um, so I I am I have rave green colored glasses on, not literally, but uh, it's hard to not feel very confident 
as a Sounders fan for this game. Uh, we've gone into finals before as massive underdogs, and uh, that's worked out well. You know, we won one MLS Cup without any shots on goal, which everybody likes to bring up. <laughs> Although I don't think that that's really relevant in any final but hey it's I guess something that people want to make jokes about so go ahead but we got the trophy at the end of that one so and then we've gone into we've gone into finals as as favorites last year uh, even though Toronto was a very good team um, hosting the final with 72,000 fans um, there was no way that the Sounders were going to lose that game and I think uh, a scoreline of 3-1 last year was fair Uh, I agree with admit that this is going to be a really close game. Um, I don't think that there's, I don't think the winner is going to be more than one goal. Um, I don't think the Sounders is going to keep a clean sheet. So I think that means they probably have to score two goals to win. So let's say two, one. <laughs> All right, Pat. Man, I, I hate to do this to the crew, many crew people listening, but I also think, Seattle is, is going to edge this one out. Um, you know, I think you look at the, the odds and MLS odds are weird, right? And I mean, it's hard for, for odds makers to, to judge a sport. They probably don't follow that closely, but everything I've seen has been pretty close um, for this one. And, and I think I'm going to echo what you guys have said. I think ultimately Seattle is, is the been there, done that. The crew are, are trying to get on that level on a consistent basis. Um, and I think reaching this final is maybe even a, a step ahead of where they should have been. Um, you know, I think if, if Toronto or, or Philly um, made it, I think those would have been really tough games. The crew didn't win a game on the road this year. I mean, just think about that. So if they had gone to, well, I mean, they won in Orlando at the MLS's back tournament, but they've only won in two stadiums all year. So, you know, things have really fallen the crew's way up to this point. And that's kind of why I thought Minnesota was going to win the other night, especially when they went up 2-0. It was like, well, of course, they would then dodge, you know, the defending champions because it's all fallen right. But, uh, yeah, I think um, I think probably 2-1 Seattle. Um, again, like you guys said, I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, I don't know if it'll be the excitement of the, the Seattle-Minnesota game the other night. I think it'll probably be closer to what we saw between the crew and New England. Um, like Amit said, just the, the KG kind of game. But, um, yeah, so 2-1 probably Seattle. It wouldn't surprise me if the crew find a way to win, you know, just to, so people don't, don't hate on me for that. But I just think, you know, Seattle's got too much right now, and, and the crew are still building towards being uh, that, that elite level and, and whatnot so far. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it, it's definitely going to be one of those games where we're, it's going to be up in the air. I mean, certainly, um, you know, I'll be, I'll be rooting for – Columbus I'm not going to be quiet about that but uh, you know it certainly I think will be a deserving winner whoever wins the game as long as it's not decided by VAR or some garbage like that right uh, or the, the lights go out or something before the 90th minute um, I sh- probably should not have put that in the universe right um, <laughs> uh, but no so Saturday's final is on is on Fox the the big big Fox right the the, the Fox you can get on network television so uh, that's 8.30 Eastern time. That would be 5.30 Mark's time and 7.30 amidst time. So uh, um, uh, we'll look forward to, to, to watching that game and seeing how this all transpires. And then we'll all be ready for the, the, for the offseason, right, um, since, since there won't be any games after Saturday until, until 2021. So thanks so much for, uh, for joining us, guys. I really appreciate your time and hanging out. And, uh, you know, uh, stay safe, everybody. And uh, we'll 
don't know. We'll do this again sometime.